Hello and welcome to The DH Effect. I'm Hillary and this is my lovely co-host, Sonia. This month we are exploring the idea of how vision can impact our decided hearts. And we're so, so excited and blessed to have Amy McLaren here with us today. She's the author of Passion to Purpose. She's the founder of Lady Strength. She's the co-founder of Village Impact. Kind of all of the amazing things, all of the things. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, thank you. It's so great to be here. So fun. So Amy, I have so enjoyed our conversations of the path that you've taken to kind of have these incredible life experiences. So which includes like world travel and adventures like I don't know, like rickshawing through India or <laughs> driving a motorcycle through the Moroccan desert. And this building a sense of belonging pretty much everywhere you go, which is so inspiring to us. You have a powerful story uh, that many of us can relate to when it comes to finding something called passion and then how it led to the sense of purpose. And we would love to hear where, where did your passion begin? How did it start? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think some of my passions actually started and I think for a lot of it, like right when I was a kid, but they, the seeds were, the seeds were planted and I didn't know, do you know what I mean? So like I grew up in the UK, um, moved when I was 10, but I was really fortunate to grow up in a family that always gave back in different ways. Like we were volunteering at um, soup kitchens. We had strangers at our home at Christmas time. I was going to hospitals and that whole idea of like just helping others we were doing all the time and then we traveled a little bit as a family and so those passions of helping others and travel and giving back kind of that's what i grew up in and that's what i still love to this day and then those passions i followed over the, over the last several years into now what are three businesses that are revolved around my passion and i believe what my purpose is um, in my life so i think they start at the beginning and then i think it's about honoring them and then putting them into your life so I love it's so interesting because I hear, you know, we, we talk about virtues a lot and, and the virtues that they're all innate in all of us, but it's leaning into them and discovering them and bringing them forward. And so in my head, I always when I hear someone talking about their family, it's like I'm putting together this little family code based on their and so I'm like service, purpose and honor you know, yeah. right there. And, and that's such a powerful beginning. Is that something you now have, have sort of infused into your own home life? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's funny because it definitely was like that growing up. And then in my, you know, in my teenage years in university, I traveled a lot, but then I did hit a point in my life where I write about in my book um, as a teacher. And I loved that chapter of my life, but I wasn't fulfilled. And I kind of lost my way in following those purposes and the, that passion that I wanted. Um, and then, and then I did, and then creating the three businesses I have, but it, it is something that you know, now with my own children that I think is important. It's, you know, when we make money, it's important to save money, give money and spend money. Like we're always talking about where can a money, money go? What can we do with it to help other people? The importance of saving it and the importance of um, give, save, spend <laughs> in a sense. Um, but those, uh, those passions that I went back to um, have led to my three businesses, which are the Lady Shrink Band, which was the, the Village Impact. Um, but I never had this big vision. Like often people say like, oh, you wrote a book, you've done this, but it was never on my vision board. I just followed, you know, what lit me up inside and what I felt where I needed to go and what I was passionate about. 
on that side of things. I love I love that you you know the the light within mm -hmm. is something that we also like to to explore like own the light like yeah. what what lights you up and then Hillary uh, describes this beautifully that with a with a flashlight that when, once you have it and you own it and you're you're inspired by it then it it usually branches out right what do you it expands mm -hmm. when you yeah. shine that light on and just really quickly for our viewers and listeners who may not know the description of uh, Lady Strength and um, Village Impact. Can you just describe each of those so we we can follow the, for yeah. the remaining questions? Yeah, so so um, I went from a teacher and then Village Impact came first in my entrepreneurial career. And Village Impact is a nonprofit I started with my husband and we build schools in Kenya. And we built, we're building our 15th one right now, um, have uh, anywhere, I think it's we're up towards 6,000 kids that go through the schools, but we're really community led. So we partner with the government on the ground. So when we build our schools, the government sustains them. So they sustain the teacher salaries, the principal. So it's a true partnership. Um, and I'm really proud of that. And I, and I love that because I think you can learn so much from other cultures and other other people around the world and you can have such a great impact when we all come together and do something of good so um that's my charity and then i have once i grew that i grew into lady strength and lady strength really was you know me lonely and me like you know being married to a husband a wonderful man who we've been married with now we've been married almost 15 years um but he has been in this entrepreneurial space for many, many, many years. Like he resigned before he even started in his career. And so I went from building this nonprofit to, you know, not connecting with anybody. I'm like my local friends, all wonderful, all love them, but they all worked in a corporate kind of career. They had nine to fives and I couldn't connect with, with the vision of what I wanted. So I started inviting people over to my house to sit in the kitchen and chat or like come over to the living room and have dinner because I'm like, right, just have a glass of wine because I wanted to connect with other entrepreneurial women. And that became what Lady Strength was, which is now today a mastermind for women entrepreneurs that are kind of in the earlier stages of their career, but then also that adventure of travel. Like I love the travel, like you mentioned that the motorcycle runs across the country. A lot of people think I'm crazy. A lot of people wouldn't do some of the adventures that I've done, but I think there's so much um, in pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, but doing that with other women, like doing it all together and experiencing that together is something like magical happens. So Lady Strength, in a sense, is my mastermind group, but it's also adventure travel and experiences that push people out of their comfort zone, going back more fulfilled and going back to a life where, you know, looking at what they're passionate about again and putting more of that into their life. You know, I love what you're talking about so much resonates because I think that so often, and I call it victim mentality, call it whatever you want to, but we sit here in a passive state and we think, well, something is going to be an aha. And we're going to all of a sudden know all the things and our purpose and what we're supposed to do. And actually our guests, the first uh, guest we had this, this year, Sean Derrick as well said, don't follow your dream, follow your theme, which is kind of what you're saying is like, yes, this is lighting me up. This is sort of this North Star that I'm going to go towards. I have no idea what's going to happen along the way, but I'm going to lean into what lights me up because I know I'm going to trust myself that that's right. And um, those experiences, I just want to take a second that I'm really hoping our listeners hear this so, so clearly. 
life isn't going to come and happen to you. I mean, it can, but you may not like it. You really do have to seek and, and have the adventures and follow those things out there because nothing grows when in comfort. No. And it's, um, you know, you're, it's, you've got to act on those moments of inspiration. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. They have moments, but then they don't do anything about it. And then they just carry on. Right. And it's like, you know, when I started our nonprofit, I, I knew nothing about starting a nonprofit and a charity. Like I, you know, I'm a grade one teacher wanting to get back out into the world and travel, wanting to have an impact. And I remember Stu and I sitting on the couch watching Oprah's big give. And at that time, like Oprah had this amazing show of going out into communities and transforming them. And, you know, I'm drinking my wine and I'm sitting there watching this and I'm like, like, I want to be, I want to be her. Like I, and I know everyone wants to be Oprah, but <laughs> I want to do what she's doing, but I want to go back to my roots of like international travel and connecting with other cultures and communities and, and learning and, and working internationally with other people. And um, I remember us sitting there and it's just like, well, that, you know, that's great, Amy, but like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, we need to raise some money. I'm like, come on. I'm like, you're the business guy. I love details you raise the money, I'll figure out the details and we'll take it somewhere and we'll help the community, right? And, and if we hadn't have acted on that moment of inspiration that we later raised money, like we raised, I tell, tell more of a detailed story in the book, but we raised $14,000 by connecting with other business entrepreneurs who wanted to help. We took that money down to El Salvador. We helped um, rebuild a school. We helped an orphanage. We kind of did a lot of different things, but it fulfills that, need me that was missing like that light that you know I kind of didn't let shine over the teaching part of my life which I like again I loved my teaching career and all the colleagues I met but it wasn't lighting me up and then as soon as I did that I was like that's what's missing and that's what I need to spend more time doing like that's what I truly love and you know <laughs> that was the start of it and now you're trans you know, you come to today, we've raised over 8 million. We have a small team. We've done so much as a team. And that's, you know, this is not just me, our team of people that have helped do it, but all of it started from us watching Oprah on a Friday night. And at the time, right. When you look back at life, you're like, oh, that's not a life-changing moment. But now when you transform forward, like you were saying, that was it, that was the moment that things changed in our nonprofit kind of direction. And Often people think it's like you're saying this big glamorous aha moment, uh -huh. but oftentimes these moments of inspiration can come at the most boring times or like, an, you know, a spending Friday night watching TV and drinking wine. <laughs> but if you don't act on those moments, then you miss opportunity and things just pass by. Um, so you need to really listen to your heart and think about those moments and take action because if you don't take action, right, nothing happens. <laughs> well, I mean, that you just absolutely celebrated and defined living with a decided heart mm -hmm. that that's and and a decided heart effect so what i mean it, it, it so it's been brewing right since you said it's been kind of calling and brewing in there since childhood all these ingredients that you know kind of make you you yeah. and then here's this little match called the oprah show igniting <laughs> a little bit and that self-trust it was the trust of I need to take action mm -hmm. and I trust it. I have the courage to do it. I have a partner who I can trust to help me. Mm -hmm. And then this effect happens where village impact is born and you're just making such a huge difference. Um, I do want to just celebrate too. What makes you so inspirational for me, for us is your sense of belonging. 
um, belonging is very important. Like, yes, we could do the work. We could we could be trustworthy and have these great relationships. And it really does take a sense of belonging, but not necessarily where are my people at, but how am I creating it? How am I creating belonging? And you are so purposeful in designing. And, and I this is why I'm so curious about you're so purposeful in designing that sense of belonging. Village Impact is one of those examples where you said, you and Stu said, we it's not just when we come in, everyone's belonging and we're celebrating, but we absolutely have to make sure this community exists and continues to exist, even if we're not here. Can the you- Sustainability. This, yeah, the sustainability. Yeah. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's so, so important for Stu and I. And you know, if you go back several years, we went from El Salvador and then our second charitable trip was to Ghana. And we went to Ghana um, wanting to help at a school and we kind of got there and then there was so much need. We did all these different things and we came back from that trip and I, we kind of looked at each other and I'm like, that, that wasn't successful. Like I was, I'm glad we did it and we made, we helped. Um, we got clarity on what we wanted, but we came back from that trip feeling like we were putting band-aids on everything and we weren't creating sustaining change. I, I wasn't building the the deep relationships with people. Like, I think you guys are the same in that, you know, relationships to me are everything in business and in life. And it's not about surface relationships. I don't want any of those. I want relationships that are deep and meaningful and where you can have, you know, meaningful connection with people. So we came back from Ghana and I felt like it was just like, it, it didn't feel right. It felt off. So we then went to Kenya um, and met Irene, who is our partner now that's worked with us for over like nine, 10 years. I've been to India with her. We've traveled together. We have a really great bond. And that um, and the partnership now with the government, like that feels good to me. And when we go and my team's there or I'm there, it's spending time in the community. It's learning from the community. I mean, every project that we um, initiate, every project we do doesn't come from me, it comes from the community, it comes from the students, it comes from the principals, the teachers. Um, and in that, not only are they benefiting from the schools, but I like selfishly I'm benefiting because I'm learning about myself, right? And what things that I can do better as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a wife, just by learning what they do in their cultures and customs. So that sustainability piece is really important to us because for Stu and I having an impact, you know, if we were to walk away today, it would break my heart knowing that, you know, 6,000 kids wouldn't go to school. And then what was the point of, you know, eight, nine, 10 years of all the work that we've done. So I think sustainability is so important, but then that's very much related to building those lasting relationships within the community that create um, like really long lasting sustainability, if that makes sense for like oh, for sure. years and years past, what we think. You know, it's it's funny because I um, I learned that lesson really, really. It was a hard earned learned lesson when we had a family tragedy that led us into me working in the fire and life safety world for a while. And firefighters are notorious for I want to put myself out of a job and I want to go into the community and I want to listen to what the needs are, because if I come in and I dictate, then we're not helping anything. I need no. to listen first and then help with the need. And then, you know what? If I never have to show up at a house, fantastic, because that means that I have served the community in a way where they are self-sustaining, where they are keeping each other safe. And so yeah. it's funny how that same lesson applies. And that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. 
You know, switching gears, Amy, one thing that I'm, I'm really curious about is, I mean, for, for women and men that are yeah. out there uh, that are that are like, okay, yes, she's got this great purpose, but look at her. She's amazing. And, and I don't have that. I don't have that sparkle. And they have all these self-doubts, these things inside of them that are the head trash, right? That's telling right. them all these stories of not good enough, not worthy, nothing to offer, blah, 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 blah. Right. So <laughs> you're, like, blah, 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 blah. you're like, yeah, yes. I do. Um, so what advice or what thoughts, and I know you talk about this in your book as well. Can you give to some of our listeners out there who are like, oh, she's not talking to me. She's talking about special people. Yeah, no. And, and it's so funny, right? Because if you, I'm obviously more confident now in my early forties or 41, right. than I was when I was in high school. And it's, and it's funny because when I think back to when I was in high school or even in my early university years, I was the turtleneck loving sweater, baggy clothes type girl. Like I didn't say no to anything. I, I said yes to too many things. And I, I was just really quiet. I didn't, you know, I, I, I was almost like a different person in that chapter of my life, but at the same time, um, I, there's two things I would say. So for me, I always go back to my, my why and my why for where I am right now in my life is really my kids. You know, my daughter's 10 and I don't want her to not have the confidence that I didn't have when she was, um, when she was my age. Right. So I, I want to show her what's possible for her life by, you know, what she's watching me live my life. So I have to show her what's possible. So it's my job as a mom to, you know, I tell her to dream big. Well, I have to do the same, right? Like I have to show her that I'm going after things that I'm passionate about. I have to show her that I'm going on a date with dad because I care immensely about our relationship and us as a family. I have to show her that I fail. And like, sometimes I cry and sometimes being an entrepreneur isn't fun. And then I have to celebrate my wins with her. So it's important that, you know, I, I teach my kids and I show my kids what's possible by showing up every day and li living in that space. So I think if you're, you know, a mom listening to this, just know that those kids are watching every single thing that we do. And it's so important that we're out there showing them what's possible because they don't know if we're not showing them what can be possible in the world, how are they going to know, right? How are they going to know what to do? So yeah. And just, I was just going to interrupt for a second because it is as a mom, but I do want to like allow our other listeners to just expand their thought because you are a role model for somebody in your life. Maybe ah, it's a niece, maybe it's a nephew, maybe it's a friend's child, right? And so I just want to like, this is for all of you out there, yeah. not just the mamas. Okay. Right, not just the moms, absolutely, because we are exactly like you're a mom, wife, whatever you may be, people. And oftentimes people don't realize how many people are watching and you don't even know, right? Yes. Like there's people watching on Instagram, there's people watching on Facebook, there's people watching in your community and how you show up and you, you don't even know the lives you might be affecting. So that's one. And another thing that I would say is, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in everything we're doing and then everything we wanna do and we get to a hard thing that we need to do and we start to crumble, right? And we hear the voices and then we forget about all the stuff we've done. So it's like remembering that you've done hard things before, right? Like I, I share this story in my book, but I, you know, I'm not really, public speaking is something I'm working at. Like, let's just say that it's not, doesn't come naturally. And I know for a lot of people, it doesn't. My husband, it does. Like he, the more people in 
in a building that he can speak to, the more excited he gets. And for me, the more people in the building, the more I want to throw up and like turn <laughs> the other way. Like, right? I just don't like it. And so I, I was speaking at um, Dean, Dean Graziosi's stage once, and there was like 3,000 people in the audience. I was really nervous. <laughs> and he's a donor and a friend. We've known him now for a few years. And uh, we, he would come out on stage, right? And I'm in my new dress because I... I like getting new dresses before I go to speak. And this dress was so slippery on this little stool. So we had these little like stools to sit on and they were so uncomfortable. And I'm sitting on this little stool and I'm already shaking because I shake anyway. I don't have a steady hand. Like it's people like, oh, like, and then I put myself in that situation and it's like holding onto the chair for like dear life. And we're in front of all these people and I can see the timer going down and I'm like, oh my God, I have 45 more minutes. And I'm like, I'm literally going like this down and up in the chair and I could not get comfortable. And then all of a sudden the crowd like breaks out into this cheer and people are standing and clapping. And I'm like, what are they doing? Like, I don't understand. And uh, <laughs> Perth, um, Tanner from his team comes out from behind the stage with this big wooden chair for me to sit in, plops it down on the stage and I sit in it and all the crowd starts clapping. And I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I'm like, thank you so much. And I like sit, sit down and I like get, you know, go really far in the chair and like stabilize myself, <laughs> hold on to the chair. And then, and then it was fine. Like for me, it's always the, the first six, seven minutes that are really nerve wracking. And then I can kind of get into it. But I share that because the other day I was speaking um, early this year in Toronto. And it was the first time in front of people in a long time, but not virtually. And I was getting really nervous again, but then I'm like, you know what, Amy, you spoke in front of Dean's audience, you slipped off a chair, like it looked, it was not, if I could do that, then why am I questioning this, right? And I think oftentimes we're so focused on the next thing, the next thing, or this or that, that we forget all the hard things that we've done before. And we may have done not the same thing, but I bet there's something similar that you've done. So it's kind of spending time in that space of remembering those things. Um, so I took a few minutes behind the stage and I was, you know, I, it made me laugh. And I was just like, if I can do that, there's a solid chair. I'm good. Like I can figure it out. So I would say, you know, I just gotta, we don't give ourselves enough credit or enough grace in terms of what you have done and i'm sure absolutely sure that whoever's listening they've done hard things before you just have to remember it well and that's that's why i feel like the belonging piece is so important mm -hmm. because if we're solo we're not going to say that to ourselves we need it's like i rely on hillary to mm -hmm. say that's a celebration moment song i'm like oh oh yeah you're right so she she helps me create that space well and same and, yeah. and reverse yeah. and i yeah. think that you know again the communities that you've created allow for that space to be like man we're rocking this is pretty yeah. amazing, right? Well, people want to, especially I think now more than ever, people want to, they just want to be heard, right? They just, people just want to belong and they want to be heard. And like, they they need spaces like that. And you need to talk about it. You need to listen to podcasts like this. You need to surround yourself with that because if you don't, not only will you not see the possibilities and opportunities, but you'll start to, you know, have more thoughts in your head, have more questions and, um, you know, and we all know what happens. I mean, I've had it where you start thinking negative thoughts and all of a sudden you go from here to like down here and you're like, how did I get here? And you've okay. got to kind of bring it back up. Yep. Well, yeah. and then I, I think this is such a great transition moment just to talk about your book, yeah. Passion to Purpose. Yeah. 
And what I really appreciate um, is that it's a scaffolding process. So it's not about, oh my gosh, passion's so great. And then you're going to get to purpose and you can do it. You really do help mm. the reader build on this seven step journey to kind of chisel at it and, and work with it and practice. Now, everyone, you have to buy the book, okay? Oh. But maybe maybe you can summarize a little bit about this, the seven step journey and maybe just give maybe one tip of where they can start. Yeah, so my book here, I have it right here, is the is right here and it is um it really is a a journey that i've been on with my husband and some stuff about our life but i like you said it's it's not about identifying your passion in a day it's like you know going back and revisiting things that might have been lost so in part one i talk about opening up to the possibility and you know um thinking about the people you surround yourself what are you doing like just really looking at life that way. And, and also part two goes into like fulfilling you too many times. We were chatting about this before we jumped on, but too many times we don't take time for ourselves and we don't take time to honor what we really love. And then all of a sudden, like five years down the road or 20 years down the road, you're like, well, how did I get here? And you're like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't honor what I really love to do. And that doesn't mean like totally changing your career or changing a job or, you know, totally changing your life it just means taking a moment and getting on your schedule things that you really love to do and it's not what your mom loves to do or your in-laws or your kids or your husband it's what you really love to do and it's putting that time on that calendar so I I go through that and of course the dreaming the big and, and staying the course because oftentimes when we start to get really into our passion or aligned with what we want to do. Like we talked about those obstacles that come your way. Um, you can start listening to other people too much <laughs> instead of listening to yourself, right? And making sure you stay the course. And then a big um, thing for both my husband and I is making an impact in, you know, and put giving back within our businesses. So I follow the story of how I started the charity, but it's also important for me as a family and us as a family to you know, give back once a month and put um, giving back into our business and weave it in. So um, for example, one of my husband, one of our other companies funds the overhead of our charity. So 198% of the proceeds that we get to our charity go to the cause. And that's our other company funding the overhead. So we find different ways to put giving back in there. And it's, you know, it's like we talked about, it's building that community. I talk about the importance of surrounding yourself with people, but then finding good people, good people that align with your values, that bring you up when you're down, that'll call you out um, and not just say, you know, oh, that that's a great idea. Like, yeah, that's great. It's like people that are truthful with you, right? And they'll push you when no one else will because you need those people in your life. Um, and then the last part is really just, you know, the importance of leaving a legacy. And I talk about how you know, legacy is a huge word. And I think oftentimes people wait too long. And this is one of the, re- this is the reason why I wrote the book because people would come up to Sue and I after we'd spoke on stages talking about our charity and our businesses. And they would say, well, you know, my business doesn't make that much money yet, or I can't do this. I can't start a nonprofit. I don't have the time. And it drives me crazy because, you know, to have an impact in life, it's not about I mean, you can name a building, don't get me wrong, that's wonderful, but it's not, you can have an impact today. Like it's not about how much money you give to a cause. It's 
it's how you show up in life. It's how you treat members in your community. It's how it's the relationships you have with your family or community members. And, you know, oftentimes people don't smile enough or just say, thank you enough. It drives me crazy when I'm at Tim Hortons or Starbucks and someone just comes in and barks an order at somebody without a please or a thank you, or even eye contact. Like, you know, it's like all these little things make an impact that then lead to our legacy. So, you know, mm. those important little things mm. that people just think they wait and they don't do. Mm-hmm. And then you're missing, you're missing the boat. Like your legacy is you today and every day and all those little things that you do leave a legacy. And, you know, I, I did choose to start a nonprofit and that's how we've gone, but that started for me following what I, what lights me up, like that passion of, you know, giving back with being in other communities and working in international be with different cultures and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just encourage people, you know, just think about the bigger picture and make sure you're following what you're passionate about and not somebody else's, um, what you are um, truly passionate about. She's sure made an impact on us today, hasn't oh she? God. Yeah. <laughs> I bought my coffee. I'm just like sinking in, just kind of soaking it in. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. How can our how can our listeners find you? I know they're gonna want to connect with you. They're gonna want to get the book. They're want what's lady strength? They want to know all the things. How can they find yeah. you? So you can find out my the platform I'm most active on is Instagram. So if you go to Amy Dow McLaren, um, I pop up there and you can check out there. And I have of course where to buy my book and all those links within my Instagram account. So you can check it out there. And we will have that link in the podcast as well. So people can go back and find that as well. So don't you worry if you're out there listening, you will be able to find it. So Amy, thank you so much for being here. And, and thank you to our listeners for joining us again for this, this episode of, of the decided heart effect, please make sure that you're following us at our social media platforms and subscribe at your favorite podcast platforms as well, YouTube and so on, so that you never ever miss an episode. Yeah. Also this year we have, um, we've launched our brand new membership friends with benefits. And I know it sounds that way, but in, yeah, we set it up that way on purpose. Um, but check out our website at www.thedecidedheartorthedheffect.com for all the details until next time. May you have the courage to live with a decided heart.